Okay. So welcome back to Redefine Fitness with Kelsey Wells. You guys, today I am on Zoom and I am recording this podcast with an amazing human. I mean, I do know her personally, but I guess actually I'm gonna let you introduce yourself fully, but you guys, I am here recording today with Jacqueline Andriakos, the executive health and fitness director at Women's Health. She is amazing. I mean, I've known you for years and I'm just very excited to not only introduce you to this community that is so incredible here with the podcast, but let others into your very, very unique point of view and perspective on women's health and fitness. So can you introduce yourself a little bit? Like, and I never want to do the intro for you or write, you know, read out the written one, because I want to know how you like to introduce yourself. Like, what do you personally want people to know? Absolutely. Um, I will start with the career introduction. So as you said, um, I am the executive health and fitness director at Women's Health. Um, I feel so incredibly lucky to have this job. It is a dream and I'm I'm sure we'll talk much more in detail about what I do, but in um, just a general sense, I oversee um, all of the health and wellness um, and fitness content at the brand um, in that is obviously a big job that involves many different things from assigning stories, working with freelancers um, and junior staffers, writing, editing, reporting, um, networking with health experts, medical experts, um, trainers. Um, It involves gear testing and attending fitness events, um, being on uh, wellness and fitness focused panels, it's reviewing uh, classes and modalities, um, you know, to help the women's health audience uh, figure out what is going to work for them, where they want to spend their money when it comes to wellness and fitness products. Um, it is a big job for sure, um, but it is it is so much fun, um, and that's that's top line, um, you know, Incredible. really, really. And there's no one more deserving. Head. I know you say you feel lucky, but also. I know you work your ass off to get to where you are. And I've met a lot of people in the media world and you are absolutely beyond. So you absolutely deserve to be exactly what you are. means the world to me. Um, I, I think, you know, it's all too common and especially for women to want to, you know, undermine our own success in ways. And it is, it's nice to hear that. And you know what? I did work my ass off. I'm going to say that and I'm proud of it. Um, but it's 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 been a journey and uh, definitely a nonlinear one to get to this particular role too. Um, and I'm very grateful and proud of myself. I'll say that as you should be, as you absolutely should be. Um, I do have to follow up with you on a little personal thing before we dive into the good stuff. Did you ever paint? Okay, <laughs> and I don't want to interrupt our recording, but I could. Okay, you know what? I am going to interrupt our recording. I'll fill them in while you go. I'll fill them in. So we caught up in Manhattan when I was there a couple of weeks ago. I have all the materials. I'm so proud. I had to show you. So I, I challenged Jack to um, create something, to go and paint and just create something, anything, and just like use that as a meditation, just channel that out. And she said she committed to me that she would do so. So I totally put you on the spot just now. No, and I love it because now also I have now even showed it in the Zoom recording that I have my watercolor paper. I actually ended up getting a couple different types of paint and also 
some pastel crayons um, and brushes. I hope I'm not that person who invests all this money on Amazon products and then, you know, never uses them, but I'm really excited. You, you've truly inspired me to actually, you know, to your point, sort of unleash all this mental energy and stress and, um, you know, just the weight of life into other hobbies. Um, and so I'm excited. I'm going to dive back in. I'm proud of you. All right. Well, now you're committed to not just me. To I know. Commi- so I'm, I'm committed to this entire community. I'll be checking. I'll be and checking back in myself. on that. That's what matters. So <laughs> exactly. No, truly that is always and ultimately what matters. Um, okay. So I know that everyone sent in questions. We got some really good ones and I handpicked like five that I'm going to ask Jack, but I'm going to save that for the end because first and foremost, I just, this podcast is of course, as you guys know, all about redefining fitness. And that means in its most like paraphrased way, focusing in on the fact that fitness is so much more than just physical reclaiming fitness as the powerful tool on exercise and wellness and nutrition as the tools for self-empowerment that they were always meant to be. And I noticed as a trainer and as a fitness professional, the shift that was happening in media at large, and in particular with women's health, that you guys are putting more of an emphasis on the value and impact of fitness on mental health and just the importance that mindset plays in our fitness and in our wellness. And so really this podcast kind of came about because I sat down with Jacqueline when I was in New York and we caught up, it ended up with like a two hour lunch and just a really honest, vulnerable conversation. I just thought people need to hear this. And so I begged her (laughs) to come on and kind of open up to all of you the way that she opened up to me. And so I would love for you to just speak on, you know, since in the past weeks, if there've been any points in general or reflections or just things that you want to say regarding that shift and your view really in, you know, a position of leadership, leading that shift in a lot of big ways, like, what are you seeing? What are you feeling? Like, how does this look from your perspective? Absolutely. I mean, I can honestly say that even on a personal level, my approach to fitness has shifted quite a bit. I would say fitness working out movement. And I don't necessarily think of those as all the same thing to me, physical activity in general is my mental outlet. That is what I lean into in any points of stress, any points of anxiousness or overwhelm that I'm experiencing in my own life. And I think it's a sort of two-way street and it's a matter of leaning into fitness as an escape or a moment of self-care that do not disturb period of my day that I like to consider it. Um, It's that me time, it's an outlet. Um, But I also think that fitness is a huge part of what fuels my ability to be productive and creative and happy. And it gives me community. It gives me joy. Um, And so I think there's sort of that trade-off in in both directions. Um, And I think at Women's Health, that is really first and foremost what our sort of motto and through line is when we're talking about fitness. We are talking about fitness in framing it in a way that this is a pillar of life that helps you optimize everything. Um, we, We use this buzz line, sweat changes everything because it does, it changes your mental health. It changes your productivity. As I mentioned, it's so much more than changing yourself from any type of aesthetic standpoint, but we also 
want to leave our audience with the ability to make their own decisions. And so we also are shame-free in that if you have a fitness goal, if you want to grow muscle, if you want to change your body composition, if you want to absolutely crush a half marathon, if you want to deadlift a certain amount of weight, that is your prerogative. You should feel ultimately empowered when you flip through the pages of the magazine, visit our site, visit our social accounts to apply fitness and all of its benefits to go after whatever goal that is for you. That can be improving your mental health. And it can also be that you want to run that race and hit a certain PR. And I think that there is excitement and value and positivity in any of those things. Um, And I think, yeah, at the end of the day, I would say that we approach fitness completely holistically, and we want to put you in the driver's seat of exactly what your movement routine is. I love that. That's beautiful. It resonates so much with me. As you know, my personal brand is very much the same. It has to first and foremost be shame-free. It's about meeting a woman wherever she is on her fitness and health journey. I want to ask you, you know, you, you kind of open that up with saying, with sharing a little bit of your personal perspective on fitness and how it is your primary tool to care for your mental well-being as well. Has it always been that for you? Or, you know, I've opened up a lot in this podcast about the toxic pieces of diet culture and even my disordered eating and lots of struggles that I had throughout, especially my teenage years and my early twenties. And I'm curious to know if you've always had this healthy, beautiful mental relationship with exercise and fitness, or if you two struggled in any sense with diet culture, like when you were younger, it's such a good question. And it's interesting. I think you were really an impetus for me in thinking about my own evolution and relationship with fitness and where diet culture plays into this on a personal level when we had lunch in New York together, because we had such a raw and open conversation. And I remember telling you, I think I actually have maybe even a a unique um, sort of origin story with my love of fitness, because I think actually from a very young age, I had a very positive relationship with fitness. And when I, when I reflect on that, I credit a lot of that to my parents. And I can say that they are really incredible role models with how they showed us movement and physical activity from a young age in a very healthy, shame-free way. I love that we keep going back to that, that phrase of shame-free because my parents are are people who love to be active. They cycle, they hike. Camping trips were our childhood. Backpacking. Um, there was just an emphasis on getting outside. Um, but the the focus of all that was being together. It was being a family. It was seeing the world. Um, I really don't think I was exposed, at least at home, in an obvious way to fitness having really anything to do with weight loss or changing your body, um, you know, nutrition too. food is love. We have a frame in our kitchen at home. That's what I love that so much coming around the table. It was all about love and family. Um, and I feel very lucky because I really don't think that that is the norm. And I know how fortunate I am to have had that experience, but I also was a dancer my whole life. And I, know that the dance world can be a really dicey place. I feel that the dance community I was in was actually much more positive. I definitely had close friends and, um, and fellow dancers who 
dealt with a lot of, you know, the pressures of fitting a certain, you know, body ideal or, um, you know, maybe comparing themselves to the dancer next to them. But I, I have to say that it, it wasn't some cutthroat world um, where I was dancing that you see, um, you know, portrayed in the media. You see that with some of the major national and international companies. Um, but I think, too, that dance allowed me to really develop that mind-body connection. And I think that moving in a way where it was all about learning my body and feeling how my own anatomy moved and self-expression balance and um, choreography and seeing movement as an art form, I think sort of helped me really move in a way that was completely personal to me. I kind of, if anything, I was drowning out all of the noise around me. So with those two factors, I actually feel like I grew up with a really healthy relationship with fitness. And it's, you know, it's one of those things too, though. I can point blank acknowledge the fact that I am someone who is in a straight sized body. I grew up with thin privilege. I think it's a lot easier for someone in my situation to walk into a gym in New York City and feel welcome and comfortable. And I think it's important to call that out because to sit here and you know, wax poetic about how amazing my relationship yeah. is with fitness, that road was really paved for me. And yeah. it's absolutely a challenge in so many ways for other people that I maybe didn't have to experience firsthand. And I think at the end of the day, women's health and the platform that I'm a part of and the brand that I'm a part of, we are working every single day to make sure that everyone who doesn't have a positive relationship with fitness feels seen. They feel safe when they come to our content. They feel represented when they are consuming our workout stories. They see people that look like them. They hear stories of women who are from the same walk of life as them. Um, and that's, that's something I think about every single day in my job, um, that knowing that not everyone grew up with the same yeah. relationship with movement that I did. Wow. I think that's amazing. And Absolutely agree on everything you said. I think that's so important to be aware of our privilege. I mean, I, I have the same privilege as you just described, and it is something I often think about as well. Um, it's so also just encouraging to hear you in your position in the media, in you know mainstream media. that actually cares and has that awareness and speaks this way and thinks this way and the brand that you represent because media has played a very toxic role in the past for a lot of women. And so it's just incredibly, you know, in my shoes, it sometimes it gets overwhelming and you feel like, oh my gosh, we still have so far to go. Like everything is still so toxic and it's just such an uphill battle for young girls. And, but, but to know, I always focus back on like, okay, I can only control like my part. I can do my part and that's healing myself first. And then, you know, doing my little pieces and to hear you in your position, so aware and so positive and in a real position to make change and you're driving and directing that shift is huge. And, and I, I really, I really, I agree with everything you said, there is still so much work to be done, but I really feel so strongly that the team at Women's Health, that we are coming at all of our work from this mindset every single day and change doesn't happen overnight. No. Let's be honest. No. It's, it's 
a process and an evolution that, that we have a long way to go, you know, in media in general, um, in the fitness space beyond media, there's a lot of work to be done, but I really am so proud of, of the changes that, you know, we've seen women's wellness brands make. Um, I'm really proud of the evolution in, in language that I'm seeing. And I obviously speak, you know, as an ambassador for women's health first and foremost, but you know, there are a lot of brands out there that are making really important strides and I want to see more of this. You know, we are, we've stripped away um, weight loss focused dialogue from the print magazine and the cover, you know, you're not seeing problematic language blasted across, you know, a cover on a newsstand. And I think that's incredibly important. Um, And it's, it's this complicated conversation too, because we cover weight loss And I feel very strongly that it is a decision that should be on a woman to make for herself. And ultimately people are searching for weight loss content. They want to find, you know, authoritative science backed Mm -hmm. safe information to achieve their goal. And if weight loss is part of that, then that is her decision to make. And I think at the end of the day, women's health very much comes from a positioning of, we don't want to sit here and tell you everything you're doing wrong. We want to empower you to make your own choices. We want to support you in whatever your goal is. We want to be the story that you find when you go looking for that content. I don't want to tell you that your goal isn't valid. And I think that coming back to shame free, I will, I will use that term over and over in this call, but if that is a decision that you want to make. We are going to arm you with the safe and the healthy approaches, the science-backed tips, and then we are sending you off and empowering you to make choices that fit your lifestyle. And that's I think cute. that's a really beautiful thing. I mean, I, I, I'm say obviously I'm very open about the fact that shifting your body composition or like seeking for just a visual transformation should never be the primary driver for your efforts and health and fitness and wellness. However, it is so important to understand that there is nothing wrong with wanting to lose body fat. It is about, or any other goal, right? But it is about the methods that you're using. Are they healthy? Are they sustainable? And most important, the motivation for your love that you bring that up, that you want to dig into what is the motivator behind these goals. And one of our um, recent cover lines on a recent issue of the print magazine was find your why. And we were using that not to speak to any specific goal, but find your why in life, find your why behind any of the major decisions that you're making, whether it's what fitness modality do I want to do? What is, you know, my next career goal? What is your why in behind a decision you're making in your relationships? I think that find your why can be applied to all pillars of life. Um, And I think, I think that is something that we're trying to instill in our audience in all sorts of content, even beyond fitness, but really importantly in fitness is knowing what that driver is exactly what you said. And I can testify to that. I mean, you know, I have been, you know, hustling for like five, six years now in 
like trying to, you know, I remember in the very beginning, any type of media interest whatsoever was just like, I was so honored, still am, but just even tiniest, smallest opportunities. And I was so disheartened because so many would be like, yeah, we want you to like write this article or we want to interview about like how to get abs in two weeks or like build that booty or like, it was just all these things. I'm like, this is exactly what I'm not trying to do, but with women's health in particular, I have had positive experiences with a handful of really good brands, but when I, you got, you know, now it's, first of all, surreal to me that I have been able to work with women's health through the years. I mean, that is like, you know, massive goals, but it's the context of the articles. It's the conversations that you and your team have had and continue to have with me, you know, about my program, my pregnancy program I launched. It wasn't just like, I guess all this to say, like, I can back up what you are saying women's health is standing for and the direction you're wanting to go because firsthand I've seen it and I'm hopefully helping with that. But to be interviewed and actually asked questions of context and of meaning and to have those answers published and not just pushed aside, because unfortunately that happens sometimes too, right? And it means so much and it is like you're doing it. And I feel like we are both doing our part to make that positive shift, but it's just, I can kind of witness, I guess, to what you're saying. I mean, it's really cool to see. And I've seen it personally. That is, that just means so much to me. And um, to be able to communicate that to the team I work with too, it's, it's really rewarding to know that you, you notice that and that you, you know, understand behind us as a brand. And I, I say that I can, we over lunch. I mean, I said the same to you that there can be so much problematic dialogue and social media too. That's a whole other can of worms on this topic, but you through and through speak in such a nourishing and healthy and shame-free way to your community, um, how you approach fitness. I mean, I, I, told you even my little sister was a diehard um participant in your um one of your power so programs and and knowing that there are people like you in the fitness industry that are making impressions on young women and somebody so close to me personally that's huge because there is so much misinformation out there and it is incredibly difficult to parse through it and figure out what is safe and effective and positive for mental health. And it's, it's, it's dicey waters for sure. And you are really uh, truly a pivotal part of, of making the conversation a healthy one. Thank you. And I mean, you know, I feel the exact same way, which is just so encouraging. Um, I want to actually begin with some of these questions because I think some deserve like space and some real answers here. So um, first and, and I'm picking, I picked a handful, but each one I ask represents, you know, a handful that are worded just differently, but the same thing. So, um, how old are you and how long did it take you to reach your dream career? Ooh, I love that question. Um, I am 30, 30 years old, just turned 30 in February. 30 years young, 30, 30 years young. Yes. I, I, I don't know. I love turning 30. There's something powerful in that number. Right? Um, and how long did it take me to get to my dream career? So I had my first job. I graduated from um, journalism school. I went to Northwestern um, in Evanston, Illinois. Go Cats. Um, I graduated in 2014 and 
I first worked in celebrity entertainment news at People Magazine um, and pretty quickly realized I didn't particularly love the celeb world. Um, it just wasn't content matter that, that you know, really hit it for me and made me feel jazzed every day. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love to tell people who are finding their way or early in their career paths that it is so okay to figure out what you don't like before you find of out what you course. like. You have to, you can't know what resonates with you until you try things. Absolutely. And from there, um, I went on and worked at health magazine and then self.com, um, and started at women's health in 2019. Um, and I've been here for three and a half years and yeah, so it's been a little less than a decade, I would say, um, that it's taken me to get to this particular position at this particular brand. Um, and I think finding my, finding my footing in the health and wellness media space, that was really huge. Making that pivot from celebrity news and getting into health and wellness. Um, that's really when I found my stride, I would say. Um, but yeah, it didn't happen overnight and I still can have imposter syndrome. I, I, by no means want it to sound like I'm at the end of my career and there's, you know, this bell at the top started. and I love, I love that I still learn every single day and my job feels different every single day, but, but it, it, it took a long time and it took finding, um, you know, the right, the right subject matter. It it took figuring out what I hated and it's, I've had messy days and great days. Um, but yeah, definitely didn't happen overnight. That's the thing. It's about like, I love that you brought that up. And I know you mentioned that in the beginning too, but the imposter syndrome, especially, I think it affects everyone, but especially women. Right. I think it is important though, to continually remind yourself that you, why not you? you know, like you are exactly where you're meant to be. I really do believe that of life. And I love to keep that perspective and, and you deserve it just as much as anyone else. And so like, I love that. Why not you? and you are in your dream career, but you're also just getting started with where you're going to take that. And I just can't wait until I continue to watch you and cheer for you. Um, a couple of these we kind of went through with our whole first conversation, but this is a really good one. And maybe we'll end on this. It's kind of two parts. Um, what is the most difficult part and what is the best part of your career, but also being a prominent woman in business? Cause it is obviously the media world, a male dominated industry. You are in Manhattan. Like, yeah, I think that, <laughs> oh, well, the best part that's honestly really tough because there are so many amazing parts of, of my role and my company. And I, I think um the best part of being of being at women's health in particular is working with my team and their creativity is just unmatched. They the stories that our team pumps out and produces it, it's just it's unbelievable. And every single day we're on Slack hearing their humor and their ideas and their uh, quippy, funny headlines. They are just truly so unbelievable. Um, and I think at the end of the day, knowing that we're pumping out information to hopefully make someone's life and health a little bit better that day, that is a really gratifying feeling. Um, then the toughest part, I think it's 
sort of what you teed up there is, you know, making sure that all women feel represented in what we do. And I think that can be really difficult. Um, it's a through line that we're thinking about constantly. Um, but yeah, I mean, we are a small team primarily of women, um, that are making these content content decisions every single day. And I ultimately never want anyone out there consuming our content to feel like I don't see myself in this. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a big task. And I think that's probably, um, the toughest part of being in business and in the business of health and fitness. Um, but it's a good challenge. I think that's that's what a blessing to have your toughest part of your career be something that you are not only aware of, but you are shifting in the right direction. That's amazing. That's yeah, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. I love it. Um, man, I'm just like having all the feels over here. I knew we would. I know. And I just what happens when we get into it. (laughs) I know on and on, honestly. Um, I, let's see, let's see. I know that would be the last, but there's actually one more that I really did want to hit. Um, or I guess to summarize, cause we did talk about this before, but do you feel that diet culture needs to go and how is your magazine supporting that? And we definitely covered that in, in a more broad sense, but I guess to sum it up, like, do you, I don't know, like, do you have final thoughts on that? Or do you have any, as far as like professional goals, personal goals? I will point blank say, yes, I think it needs to go. I think that's a lot easier said than done. Um, And I think that the editorial choices that women's health is making every single day from who we show in visuals, um, I think it is a matter of the diversity of experts that we have speaking to these topics. I think that is a huge component of this. I think it is the thoughtfulness and care that we put into every single word choice in every single story to make sure that we are always driving home, that the focus is feeling better and more well in whatever shape and form that looks like for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we are constantly doing that by not framing any of our content about aesthetic or body changes or goals. And again, back to our point at the beginning of this conversation, nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that, but we want you to find your why. Um, So those I would say are some of the biggest things. Um, And I think a lot of that is, is upholding mental health as the priority through all of these pillars of wellness. Um, I mean, even our November issue, which hits newsstands next week, I believe on the 18th. Um, and the cover is Robin Arzon, who is just, I mean, the ultimate motivator. Oh Oh my God. It is. This story is amazing. It was written by my colleague, Amanda Lucci. Um, and it's so fantastic and so motivating, but this is all to say it's our mind issue. And the, the main goal of the issue is that we wanted to explore how to prioritize your mental health in every sense of the word Mm -hmm. and in every pillar of your life. And I think when you read 
the fitness section, the beauty section, the food section, having all of our service throughout this issue ladder up to that goal. You can really see and feel and hear through every story that that's, that's what we want you to focus on, that we are not focused on superficial surface level wellness. This is about living your happiest, healthiest life for longer and to the best of your ability. I've said that so many times too. And I will say you are doing it. And I, I mean, I've been honored to work with you and see that firsthand, but also I guess, yeah, like the, the whole message that I wanted to get across with this podcast is all the things we've talked about, but just like you said, the theme is no shame and it's like women's health. I'm so proud to know you and to know is a magazine and just a company that you can trust to guide you with scientific, real information on your health and fitness journey with motivation on your health and fitness journey and inspiration in a sense, that's not going to tell you you're not enough, not going to tell you how you need or should be, but me where you are and encourage you on your way. And And I'm going to add to that before we wrap up Kels, that all of this have a little fun, like absolutely is fun. And I think that is also a message that we are promoting all the time is it, you don't have to take all of this that seriously. And yes, there are profound, That's a good point. complicated nuances of this conversation, but women's health wants you to have fun with fitness, with your health. We like to talk things. We like gadgets. We like gear. We want to smile. We want to laugh. We want to try new things. You know, the new editor's letter from Liz is um, about her into golf with her dad and, and, you know, the missteps and it is so fun and easy and light. And I think that's a really nice note to end on that, you know, make, make wellness and fitness fun for Cheers you. To that. Yeah. No oh, shame, have so fun, fun and live healthier and happier. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on and you, Kelsey, check out women's health. You guys, thank you so Love much. Love you so much, Jack. Bye.